From The Day the Dead Came to Show and Tell by Myra Grant The exterior door was a different story. Elaine sped up when she spotted it. She was almost at her goal. Soon everything would be different. Soon the hard knot of panic in her chest would let go and she would be able to return to her class. She reached for the doorknob. Something moved behind the frosted glass. She froze. One of the stranger tests teachers were required to pass involved watching shadows on a wall. Some of them moved fluidly, like healthy, uninjured humans. Others limped or shuffled along, but did it in a specific manner. People walking with canes, people walking with leg braces, human ways to walk. Others shambled and stumbled, not using any sort of artificial assistance, but not walking normally, either. Those were the ones she had been trained to watch for, and while it took a few seconds for her conscious mind to catch up, her subconscious remembered what it had been taught. Her arm seized up, refusing to move any closer to the door, into damnation. No, she half-whispered, and then clapped a hand over her mouth, realizing her error. The office door was solid, but almost its entire upper half was frosted glass, and none of the doors were locked. The button that controlled the doors was inside the office. If the outbreak started there, no one would have been thinking about saving the rest of the school. They would all have been thinking about saving their own skins. The shadow that had shambled by the window stopped. It shuffled back a step and stopped again, head canted very slightly to the side. She couldn't see anything more than an outline, but she knew that the shadow's owner was listening, waiting for another sound. In that moment, she would have stopped her own ceaselessly hammering heart if she could have, anything to make herself less living, less visible, less endangered. The shadow didn't move again. Elaine began to hope that she hadn't been noticed. Then, as if her hope was an invitation all by itself, the shadow behind the glass stepped closer and began to moan. Elaine Oldenburg turned and ran. This is Gothic. There is the sound of helicopter blades. The shadow of the helicopter itself is cast by the late morning sun across the peaked glass roof of the sprawling brick and wood building. The camera gets a sweeping view of the new Macon, Missouri theme hotel. It shows us the trees green with spring growth, the green lawns, the sparkling lake behind. The camera even shows us the towering smokestack of the powerhouse and the outbuildings where the more untenable patients were once kept. But this is no longer the still Hildreth Osteopathic Hospital. It is April 2017. The camera zooms in on a figure standing on the roof. He isn't a tall man, but he is imposing with his slicked back dark hair, his elegantly trimmed mustache and goatee, his silk suit with half-moon tails. Welcome, Lazarus Kane says, to the place where all your horrors will come true. Just step inside the house. And the helicopter shot is replaced by a rapid-fire series of shots that could have come straight from a horror movie or the reaction cameras of a haunted house. Book your visit today. 
The scene fades to black, and now we are wheeling around the exterior of the house again, but it is night, and it is not springtime anymore. The leaves on the trees have turned to the colors of a dying campfire. Wind blows the dry, desiccated husks of the fallen ones around the empty parking lot. There are no lights on inside the house. But then there is. It is a crackling electrical sort of light coming from one of the windows on the second floor. There is no sound, though, because from our vantage we are outside. But now we are moving faster. Our viewpoint crashes through one of the fourth floor windows, and then we are speeding through the rooms one after another at breakneck speed. And we realize that this point of view was certainly not shot from a helicopter. LJ and... Dr. Grace, you come to or wake up or come to your senses. Uh, It's really difficult to tell exactly how you have returned to your bodies for a moment. You are disoriented, but not as disoriented as that first time uh, that you came back from a book world. Um, or at least before you, right before you came back, where you were fighting with multiple uh, personalities, it seemed, all at once. Um, you know who you are. You have memories now also of Elk Island and being the inheritors of uh, Lazarus Kane's estate. And all of the things that have happened to you up to this point. But you also now are quite solidly Dr. Grace and LJ, and you are in the that magic circle, that circle of runes, in the library of the house in Macon, Missouri. And you are still smoking somewhat from the transition. You uh, this time feel cold, and so you realize that the smoke coming off of you isn't smoke, but rather steam in the temperature differential between wherever you just were and uh, the house now. The library is dark. What do you do, Dr. Grace? Uh, oh, let me see. Probably probably try to sit up and look around, do an instinctive grab to the ribs, and finding nothing there, look over at LJ and say, we're back in the house. What, what pulled us out? That's a good question. Um... Did I know who Dr. Grace was? Oh, yeah, yeah. You have all of your memories from both uh, your time as Jason and as your time as LJ and as your time as Lori. But do I understand that Gigi was Dr. Grace? Go ahead and roll. Yeah, I guess investigate a mystery. I'm missing one of my bone dice. So you will need two D6s if you recall how this game is played. <laughs> and add... My little bone dice. Plus sharp. That's a big whopping three. Ooh. I'm going to go with no. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> but do mark experience. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. Go ahead. Uh, you said you were looking around, Dr. Grace. Uh, read a bad situation. Okie dokie. Read a bad situation. I have to learn how to play Monster of the Week again. That's sharp, right? Yeah. <laughs> mark experience. It's, um, yeah, <laughs> it's a four. <laughs> okay. So you look around and uh, you realize that um, uh, the the greatest danger that you haven't noticed, the greatest threat you haven't noticed, is neither your wheelchair nor your prosthetic legs are here. Oh dear. Um, 
LJ, I suppose it's stupid to ask you if you've seen where my legs have got to. Gracie, I have no idea. Um, uh, yeah, my next question is like, did we come back to the exact same time? Because I was like this guy on some island. I was also on an island. Um, last time we spent far longer in our alternate reality than than we thought. Uh, we thought we were just having a very long day. And it turned out to have been, what did they say, a month? Three months? I think only a few days passed on the island, but goodness knows how long that would have been here. A year? Well, let's um, let's go back to the study, um, perhaps, uh, or maybe you can go back to the study and um, see if we can find a clue as to how long it has been. Perhaps someone has left a conveniently placed newspaper with the date on it or a clock. Okay. Um, are we like in that inner hidden library thing? You are not in the inner library. You're in the outer library. Here you have the study. Um, Lazarus Kane study, which is right next door to the library, and they are connected by a door, but they also have doors that open out onto the main atrium area of the uh, second floor of the house. Okay, I'll look around and see if I can find something. Uh, would you like me to help you up into a chair for the moment? Oh, just a moment. Oh, I gotta get an LJ <laughs> voice. To- <laughs> oh, sorry, Gracie. Uh, do you need me to help you up into a chair while I go and see if we can find something to get you around in? That would be wonderful. Um, uh, LJ, thank you. All right. I'll help her. I just remembered that in that universe, I was related to Lazarus Kane. That's not a great thought, and I'm unhappy about it. I'm going to sit in this chair being unhappy about it while you search for uh, clues as to what day it is. Um, Dude, like, Lazarus Kane was my dad. Oh, oh, you were Jason. Yeah. That explains. Who were you? That explains the name on my tongue. I was, um, um, Gigi. You were Gigi? Yes. Uh, Yeah. Um, it's very strange to have, um, uh, hold on. What's that thing called when you, what's that thing called my brain doesn't noun what's that thing called when you have um a phantom pain uh yes it's rather odd to have phantom pain of an injury that never happened but i the last thing i remember was being stabbed and then going out of a window and it was unpleasant i'm just still trying to take this all in gracie i mean this is a much more messed up situation than the last story we were a part of that's true did we die do you think I don't remember dying. I remember getting caught. I don't know. By some yeah. weird people. They were, um, well, I don't suppose it matters now. Let's get back to uh, searching for the others. Yeah, and, and I'll see if I can't find your legs or your, or your wheelchair. That would be wonderful. Thank you. All right. So go ahead and um, investigate a mystery there, LJ. Again. Come on. Bone dice. As you go into the study and look around that would be a nine darn it bone dice you're always supposed to roll under a six what are you doing well to my me? last one was a three <laughs> on a seven to nine for investigate a mystery you get a hold one what would you like to go with let's see i know it's been so long with... since we've used these rules yeah um yeah it's 
it's funny how even though we're playing this uh, game system in another group, uh, it's still so hard to get my head out of uh, my, uh, my head out of Dead of Night. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with where did it go, mostly looking for Gracie's uh, wheelchair or legs. Okay, interesting. Um, you don't find anything in the study, but you go out, uh, you just poke your head out the study door into the atrium, and uh, you, you do realize that it's night at that point because it is dark out in the um, the atrium itself, and you know that, that if it was daylight, some light would be coming through the big glass skylight thing that covers the entirety of the top of the house. And it is dark out there, and the shadows seem to move, but in the shifting of that uh, movement of shadows, you see a, a wheelchair just right up in a corner, just kind of backed up into a corner as if somebody had left it there. And it's not Dr. Grace's wheelchair, but it is a wheelchair. Um, I would, yeah, uh, totally grabbing that and coming back and grabbing Gracie. Okay, so you start toward it, and it moves two feet forward. What in the hell? No. Okay, I'm going to do that, like, pause in the movie where they, like, "Did, did I really just see what I saw? And, like, step towards it again and stop and see if it moves. It doesn't move again, no. Okay, slowly make my way and just kind of tentatively grab it and start pulling it back. Okay, uh, it it comes easily. Uh, it squeaks a little bit on one wheel, uh, but uh, it rolls easily enough, and you get that back into the library. Playing with my head. It's actually a, um, a folding wheelchair, but uh, so it's just got the simple leather back on it and the, the leather seat. It's it's one, I mean, Dr. Grace has had all sorts of wheelchairs in her life, but this is not one of the more comfortable ones. It's it's one of those ones that a hotel or a yeah. um, airport. airport has for quickly getting you from one place to another and then, and then not. Well, hey, it'll keep Gracie with me until uh, we find a more uh, proper situation for her doctorate status. my prestige oh you found uh a chair one of the uh one of the uh high-backed ones it looks like well that'll do hey it'll work until we can figure out what's really going on around here that's that's true did you uh notice anything else around here while uh i was grabbing this did I notice anything else around here while I was grabbing this? You rolled horribly on your read a bad situation. <laughs> I rolled very poorly. <laughs> but we might try that again as you search some more here in a moment. But for the for right now, we're actually going to cut away from LJ and Dr. Ooh. Grace in okay. the library of the house. And we're going to go somewhere else. <clears throat> Haven Harrow, you are in a blank room. It it has not white walls. It has white sheets for walls. You know that they're, from having been in here a couple of times over the past few days, you know that uh, behind those walls are uh, stone, that, uh, that this is, in fact, some sort of cavern, maybe, or you're not entirely um, certain, but uh, there is the smell of coal dust in the air. And the white sheets on the walls seem to be uh, heavily bleached, as if they have to wash them on a regular basis. 
you are at a stainless steel um, table uh, sitting on a very uncomfortable stainless steel chair across from you. Uh, sitting on another stainless steel chair, presumably just as uncomfortable, is a guy you've come to refer to in your own head as, what name would you give this this fellow? He's the one who always questions you or has always questioned you here for the past couple of days. He is wearing full hazmat suit, and it's all in white, except you notice that there are some black smudges on it here and there. And uh, through the big oversized helmet that he wears with a plexiglass front shield on it. Uh, you can see that he is a spike-haired blonde guy, uh, probably in his 40s, and uh, with a what might be a broken nose, but that's he doesn't have a lot of distinguishing characteristics other than that, and being somewhat, you think of him maybe as kind of science-y. He, he uses a lot of actual scientific terms when he questions he me? He does, and the one that he uses the most, in fact, is uh, one that you have decided they have come up with from, somehow, Dr. Grace, which is Science Mancy. All right, so the set, the head, well, I don't know if he's the head, but a Science Manciest? Science Mantist? <laughs> he's a Science <laughs> Mantist. Praying, praying me, Science me, Mantist. Me. <laughs> <laughs> So what would you call this this fellow? <laughs> well, it's funny when you ask me for names, they so rarely pop into my head, but this time Phil did, and I have to confess, <laughs> I wonder if it's because I watched The Avengers this weekend. <laughs> well. So we'll call him Phil. Phil it is. Phil the, sci the Science Mantis. <laughs> so Phil the Science Mantis is over there asking you questions, as he has done for the past couple of days, uh, at varying intervals. And he has not said his name or who he works for. You have seen others in the hallways, and there are a couple of guards who escort you from the interrogation room back to your room. Uh, but his questions mostly revolve... Is my room also a coal mine covered in white sheeting? Pretty much, except without the white sheeting. Uh, no, just coal <laughs> just mine. Okay. straight up coal mine. Yes. <laughs> But there are there are bunks and such that are of fairly high quality, so uh, there is money here. But it's it's a weird kind of setup. It's it's not like the place was just thrown together, but it's like they haven't had time to like fully bring in all of the amenities. They seem to have a pretty good um, gear here, like some other rooms that you've seen off of the main hallway that you go up and down have a lot of computers and, you know, all the machines that go bing. Okay, so clear, clearly an operation with funding rather than amateurs. Right. It's not just a couple of guys from the Your Friendly Neighborhood gaming store who, right. you know, decided that they would, you know, do something with the hazmat suits that fell off that truck that one time. <laughs> that one time. They're not LARPing it. They're in. They're into this. <laughs> that's that's kids on bikes. Okay. Um. So mostly, what they're asking about are two things. One is about stuff that you really have never had any, as far as I know. I mean, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong. Never had any real grasp of, which is Doctor Grace's gear, the things that she travels around with that allows her to make all sorts of weird gadgetry and and such, powered somehow also by magic, 
They refer to that a lot. They really seem to like that. And Dr. Grace's gear. And that's where you came up with the idea that they have uh, coined this term, science mancy, based on Dr. Grace's stuff. Mm. And uh, the other thing is a focus on where did Dr. Grace and LJ and Jacob Candle go? Uh, they seem to know a lot, but they don't seem to know that. And they don't seem to know how U Haven did the spell that sent them into the book worlds. They don't seem to know about the book worlds. Okay. So, so they know they went somewhere. They've disappeared. LJ and Dr. Grace are no longer in the present, but they don't know anything more that than is, that. That uh, is what you have gathered from your time interpreting the interpreter, in, interrogating the interrogator, so to speak. Yes. Uh, as you also know, there are two guards outside of the door of this room. Uh, what do you do? I mean, are you answering any questions? Are you... I don't know. I think I'm pretty bored at this point. You know, if I've been being questioned for several days and I don't know much about Dr. Grace's equipment and they clearly don't know enough about what's actually going on to ask any questions that would trap me up. I'm kind of like, Phil, <laughs> I, I don't know how to help you. Uh, what, what do you need so I can, you know, sleep in a decent bed here? And Phil nods and he says, as if he's been waiting for this um moment to say we need to know who you sacrificed to make it happen that's a big idea sacrificed huh sacrificed to do what now you know what we're talking about ms harrow i don't i have no idea what you mean by sacrifice and i'm really unclear as to what exactly you think is going on because i don't know anything about what's going on we know that somehow you used the house to access incredible powers. We need to know how it was done. We have some of Kane's notes, but it's not enough. We need to know. Once we know, we'll let you go. So you're saying the house has incredible powers and you have Kane's notes? That's great. Can I see those? Maybe I can help you out if, uh, if I can see those. Go ahead and try to manipulate someone. That is 2d6 plus charm. Plus charm. I have one point of charm, and that gives me an eight. He says, uh, that could probably be arranged. Um, but uh, in return, um, we need to know uh, what one other thing does. If It's something relatively simple. We just can't quite figure it out. Uh, come with me. And you aren't, like, shackled or anything, so you can stand up if you wish. Fine. And uh, he turns his back on you and um, walks out the door, air quotes, and then the uh, after you walk out, assuming you follow, the two guards fall in behind and kind of beside you. And although they are not carrying guns, uh, they, well, they have some, like, silver rod at their belts. Uh, you think it might be a stun prod? Taser yeah. of some sort. Something right. like that. Anyway, uh, leads you the opposite direction of your room and down a short corridor that uh, opens into a large chamber that has these pillars that support the ceiling of it, which isn't a high ceiling. It's like maybe seven feet 
Do they look carved pillars or natural stalactite, whatever? This joint? looks like it's all been carved out. And uh, everything, all the walls are covered in the white sheets. And there is a lot of equipment, computer-based and otherwise, here in this chamber. Uh, but in one section off to the right is a table with a strange mechanism sitting to one side of the table. Well, in the center of the table is a large container of Tupperware with something sloshing inside of it. <laughs> we will... Yummy! We will go, yes. <laughs> we will go back away from... Haven Harrow for the yeah, moment. Is it goo? Is it, is it a it goo? It is a goo. Yes. It is a goo. <laughs> is it a goo? All right. <laughs> and we'll go back to the house. <laughs> Dr. Grace, oh. you are trying to... What are you trying to do? Um, I think we're still just kind of looking around. We're trying to find, I think, people primarily. Because the last time we saw Haven, she was in uh, Kane's office, uh, I believe. I will give you another investigative mystery here. Okay. All right. Um, it's a seven. Okay. Yes. Great. That's correct. You have hold one from the list of investigative mystery okay. questions. Okay. Investigative mystery. Boop doop. What happened here? What can I do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? Well. LJ already asked where did it go to mean my um, prosthetics and or wheelchair, but I was thinking about where did it go in terms of like all of the other people that were in the building the last time we were here. So I'm looking for clues about where the others okay. have gone. Great. In the study on Kane's desk, and you do notice that the, the desk looks like it's been rifled through, like the drawers are open. Things have been scattered around that are obviously of no real interest. But there is uh, one thing on the desk that has been pushed aside, but also seems like it is has been of no interest to them. Uh, but you see a, a piece of paper sticking out of it. It is uh, a book called The Horror of Elk Island. Oh, right. Well, LJ, look, it's us. <laughs> hmm. Elk Island, that's where we were at. Is there any of the other books? Is there that Castle of Bledson one or the notebook oh, that Haven had? Oh, that's a great had? question. I, I think the notebook that Haven had would be uh, considerably more significant. We seem to have completed our task at the Castle of Bledson, but I'm going to hang on to the uh, the horror of Elk Island uh, just in case we need it later. Okay. Uh, again, there's that piece of paper sticking out of it, of it slightly. Oh, oh, okay. So it's a piece of paper sticking out of yes, the book. A, no okay. a piece of notebook paper um, sticking out of the out of the book. I'll pull it out and read it. It says, "Do not read this book." First of all, oh, mm -hmm. is that Haven's handwriting? Yes, it is. Yeah, she says no spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers. I was rather looking. I was rather looking forward to how we how we got out of that situation. <laughs> that is in all caps. Oh well, <laughs> with an exclamation point <laughs> at the end of it, and the exclamation point in True Haven fashion. Uh, the uh, the period of the exclamation point is a little heart. That is Haven's hand. Oh uh, right? yes, this is Haven, <laughs> Haven's. All right, for sure. She used to do the dots over the eyes too, but it doesn't just say "Don't read this." Oh, it says uh, if you are reading this, it means that uh, you have come back either because you have found who you're looking for or for some other reason that I have not uh, figured out yet. So just in case, I left this note. 
uh, we are staying at the Comfort Inn on the north end of Macon, Missouri. And then in parentheses, it says, quotation marks, it's a place, in quotation marks, and then parentheses. <laughs> Aww. She, she knows of our, of our uh, love for this town. LJ, what do you think the, um, oh, I can't drive. I was going to say, what do you think the uh, odds are of my van still being there? But I'm, I'm afraid you'll have to drive it. I'm not even sure anybody's here right now yet. Um, looking out the windows, I'm not able to see a whole lot. Ah, that's true. Uh, go ahead and read a bad situation, um, LJ. Reading a bad situation. That's sharp as well. Uh, that is an experience point of four. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I just went to write... Uh, I just wanted you all to know, I just went to write Macon in my notes, and I almost wrote Bledson. (laughs) (laughs) So many towns. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, As you're looking out a window, you um, are almost blinded by a spotlight from a car that is down in the parking lot, shining up at the very window you are currently looking out of. And it it slides over your, your window, and then it comes back. LJ, get back from the window right now. Duck down. Yeah. So you duck down and the the light shines in your window for a very long time and then it flicks off. Well, somebody's monitoring this place. I don't know if that's good or bad, but maybe we should find a way out of here. I agree. Let's um find a different room that faces the same direction, peer out of it, make sure we're not surrounded by armed forces or something. And um, maybe go down to the first floor. What do you think? That's going to be Do you think the elevator's operational? If the elevator's operational, I don't know if it's good to let somebody know that we're on our way down. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Okay. Let's go see if any of our stuff is left in the rooms, because those were just down the hall. Oh, I didn't think about that. That's a good idea. Well, in fact, uh, you go back to your rooms, and your stuff is still there. That you had with you, your clothes and that sort of thing, uh, whatever you brought in, even LJ's axe is in there. But uh, the it all looks like it's you been your axes, man. <laughs> gone through. Yeah, not your guitar axe either, but. <laughs> oh, bummer. I left that in Ohio. Okay, is there anything here of yours that we can salvage, Gracie? It looks like they stripped the place pretty good as I, like, walk over and pick up my axe and, like, push a couple of piles of stuff aside with it, looking around, seeing if I can find any other clues. Yeah, I'll just grab, like, my my big black uh, doctor bag if it's still there. That is gone. Oh, bother. Um, Whatever was taken seems to have been the conse- the really consequential stuff or the strange stuff. I don't need extra shirts. <laughs> I need things I can use. I, like, chuck my duffel bag across the room. <laughs> Do I still have, uh, shortly before we left, that screeching sound, the, the the thing that was, like, the alarm that was going off in the building, I, like, made it into a weapon or something. Do I still have that? You created that the first time you disappeared, which was going back to uh, into the uh, mysterious oh, castle right. of Bloodson. And then you returned here a month later, and then almost immediately went into a different book. That said, yes, uh, that remote is still <laughs> still there. 
uh, having slid underneath the bed, actually. Okay, cool. Well, at least I have something. If we can find my van, I may be able to be marginally useful. On that note, uh, we're going to go back to wherever it is that Haven Harrow is. And Haven, you also notice uh, this is a relatively well-lit space, but it goes back a long way. So it's low and deep, and it has just a lot of of floodlights lighting it up, hanging from bare wires on the ceiling. Uh, But you do notice that uh, there is another thing of of interest to you beyond uh, the Tupperware container back toward one wall where a lot of people are gathered around it, examining it. It's Dr. Grace's sprinter van. Okay. So here you are, and he, uh, Phil, takes you to the Tupperware container and to this weird contraption of typewriter meshed with like a payphone or like one of those wind-up phones where you had to wind the, yeah, you had to power wind it for a while before you could get a signal going off of it. Yeah. And it's just all this steampunky looking stuff. That's thrown together. You look at it and you see immediately the the handiwork of of Doctor Grace. Hmm. But um, he says we have tried typing on it. We've tried talking into the uh, mouthpiece of the phone. We know that it speaks with whatever that thing is in the Tupperware. And at that, the Tupperware <laughs> sort of sloshes. <laughs> and yet we can't seem to actually make it work. Make that work, and we'll show you uh, all of the notes that we took from Lazarus Kane's notebooks. Look, guys, I mean, I'll give them my best shot. I'll see what I can do. But, uh, I mean, you know, although you've obviously deduced my personal connection to Dr. Grace, I, I, I'm i just a plucky journalist here. I don't, I am not mm-hmm. a fancy doctor, and I, I don't really know how to make this work, but I'll give it a go. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Well, we happen to know that you're more than that, as indicated by some of our notes from uh, when you were 11. But we also um, know that uh, you had a podcast where you studied things like this. Strange Bites, I well, believe sure, it was called. Sure, that's just, that's just a lot of fun, you know? Uh, but yeah, but you know, hey, I, I I learned a few things, and maybe I can maybe I can. One of the technicians who's a little ways away hears this and and gives a two thumbs up and goes, "I love strange bites." Aw, <laughs> thanks, man. Always <laughs> oh, great to, great to meet a fan. <laughs> All right, well, if I were on an episode of Strange Bites, what would I do? And I so you can you examine uh, this, and I would say read a bad situation. Roll plus sharp. Mm. Woohoo! Twelve. All right. Well, let's hold three. So you can actually, while examining the Tupperware container, you can maybe even be looking around and and um, throwing in other questions here as you might need to do. So you get three of those questions. What would you like to start with? Well, um, oh, I can. They have to be set questions from the read a bad situation on your hunter agenda. I see it. Thank you. Uh, but I want to ask other questions. <laughs> um. What's the best way to protect the victims? Can that be umbrellaed to include anyone on my side here? You did come with others here uh, before you were captured. You came with um, Nathan Red Winters and his uh, goth author girlfriend, um, Haley Albert. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Okay. So I, I know they're here somewhere, um, but but I, there may be other, you know, victims of the situation. You know, Dr. Grace is presumably a victim in some some capacity. Goo is obviously a victim. So, I, I, you know, just sort of what's the best way to protect the victims? Um, what's my best way out is probably another good candidate. If I might recommend one as well, if you're wanting to actually figure yeah. out how the device works, what's your best way in? Interpret it as what's my best way mm, into okay. making this thing function. But that's a good question. I mean, do I actually want to know how to make this work? Uh, and you may want to know how to make it work, but not tell yes. them. Or I mean, those I things. I think are... so. Well, I, you know, I, oh, I don't know. I, I don't remember enough about the goo episode <laughs> to to remember what exactly the goo might lend to them. So I'm gonna go ahead and and try and figure this out and and hope that the goo hope that goo can take care of itself <laughs> a little bit if I communicate with it. So what's my best way in, what's my best way out, and what's the best way to protect people? So it goes a little bit like this. <laughs> in the order that is most beneficial to you, because you rolled very well, um, Thank you. You, you know that they, they get it, but they don't quite. They still, they see these things as being powered by magic, but not intertwined with magic. That They don't see that you have to use magic literally, in the terms of Monster of the Week, use magic, uh, but that you have to be magical in some way, that you have to cast a spell, use magical uh, powers to, in fact, power the device. And so it's not going to work if they just type on it or if they just hold the receiver up to their ear. It has to be infused with magical energies as well, which, of course, you can do because you can do that sort of thing. And with that, you realize two things. The best way out is that van sitting over there. <laughs> I, was, I was so not hoping you'd say that. <laughs> One. Van heist, van heist. Because oh, they had to drive it, it okay. in here somehow. Yeah. And two, because you know that Dr. Grace's van has protections. It looks like they may have overcome those in some way. They've, they've, they're inside of it. But. If those were to be activated, then there are better than your average security measures for a vehicle uh, that can be activated for Dr. Grace's sprinter van. And you also yeah. know that you are keyed to the van. You can go into it and out of it safely. Uh, it knows your fingerprints. It knows you. Okay. <laughs> That's convenient. So your best way out is that. The best way to protect the victims is also, in a way, tied to that, because you need a distraction. And the best distraction that you can see quickly around here, with what you have available to you, is an open Tupperware container. Right. <laughs> but I don't so far see Haley or Nathan. Uh, you do not here, no. All right. Well, I'm going to use my magical essence to actually activate communication with... Goo. You have some restrictions on your use magic normally. What are those? Mm -hmm. um, where would I it's find It's on the that? first page. It's the one that's not crossed first out page. of the things that you need when you're doing magic. Okay. Oh, I need foci, gestures, and incantations. So the foci here would definitely be the uh, machine itself. So you've got that. Right. And um, then, yes, you know the... You probably know. We'll see how you roll. 
you probably know okay. the um, incantations and, and gestures. Now, Dr. Grace's stuff is a combination of science and magic, and you were, your skills are primarily just on the magic side. Again, you don't really understand Dr. Grace's machinery all that well, but uh, you're hopeful that you can um, uh, tap into this thing. So go ahead and roll Use Magic, which is um, plus weird. Weird, yep. And I say, boys, pay attention. Mm-hmm. And then I roll a five. No, uh, so plus two is seven. Okay. Because okay. when Use Magic goes wrong, it goes terribly, terribly <laughs> wrong. Terribly wrong. Uh, is the is seven enough to save me from terribly yes, wrong? Yes, the seven is enough to save okay. you from terribly wrong. Um, you get to choose one effect and a glitch from the list, and then I decide what effect that glitch has. As far as what you're trying glitches. to do, you're actually trying to communicate with something that you do not share a language with. So that's your effect. Effect, uh, one effect and right. one glitch. So you okay. really just need to go. try your glitch or pick your glitch. Okay. Um, hmm. The effect is of short duration. Uh, right. So the whole machine starts clicking and clacking. And going, and you know that right now, if you type something onto it, the whatever it is, and you, in fact, don't really know. They didn't really have, they mentioned the Tupperware thing, but they didn't go into a lot of great detail before you sent them back into the book worlds. Do you type something? So I was going to type distract them and make it run for the van, but then I don't get the notes, and I want the notes. You also don't know where the other people are yet. Yeah, I know. Um, so we're going to draw this out a bit longer, and I'll type... Uh, I'll type... I'll type be ready. Okay. There's some typing. Tap, 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 tap. And a piece of paper comes out of the typewriter from apparently nowhere. And on it is, uh, it says, okay. That's a lot of typing for okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> Patrick's like, thank you. I <laughs> it had to tap it out I mean, in binary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. That's like the funniest but it's magical binary. It's it's sevens and fours. <laughs> <laughs> and Phil goes, "What did you What did you type in?" And he runs over to it. So yeah. So what do you do? And I give a heavy sigh and I say, "Oh, okay. So I just I just kind of winged it there. But if I had his notes, I could maybe get it to go go longer and and give us more. That that's the best I got right now. Manipulate someone. Okay. Oh no." Uh, three. Oh, dear. Yeah. Three. Okay, Mark, experience. We're doing real good this episode. That's okay. Our uh, real world selves needed to to get some experience. I I mean, I feel like I've rolled fairly well so far. It's about time. And you see him not buying it. You see him, like, have this expression of extreme concern on his face behind the plexiglass. And he's turning to the guards... And you know what's going to come next, which is you being escorted back to your cell. So do you wish to allow that to happen or to, I don't know, um, move your time, <laughs> your, your 
schedule up some or, or what, but this is not going to result in you being able to hang out here much longer. Indeed. All right. Let's see. While you are faced with that decision. I play the long game. Okay, go ahead. Back in the house, uh, you have uh, made it to another window that faces out onto the uh, parking lot, and uh, you can glance out there, and you see that there is a single car in the parking lot, and it is uh, is stopped, and two people have gotten out of it, and they are staring at the house and then talking with each other, it seems. And one of them has a phone or a radio in his hand, but you you can't tell quite from this distance. You do see on the side of the car, though, where it says, Night Security, Night with a Y. You did this to us, Gracie. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Um, I just, there's a couple of security guards. I just got guards. stabbed, okay? <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of security guards out there. Um, they're with night security. So I don't think... Is my van outside? No, I don't see the van. Um, we parked that out back. Um, but these guys are out front in the parking lot. So maybe if I'm if we make our way back there. Yeah. Because y- yes. I, I say we avoid them. Yes, I um There doesn't seem to be anybody else here right now. Yes, let's um let's go look at the, at the back parking lot. Uh hold on a sec. I need to take care of that wheel. Um I'm gonna grab some soap from the bathroom, like the little hotel soaps and and like rub it around on that wheel so it doesn't squeak when we're rolling down the hall. Oh, thank you. You have no idea how irritating it is to have a squeaky wheeled wheelchair. <sighs> Loners. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> yeah, you can make your way to another uh, window facing the back parking lot. Uh, you don't see any cars back there. In fact, you didn't see any in the front <sighs> parking lot either. No vehicles seem to be parked here except for that of night security. Well, we could always try and distract them and get them to come into the house while we snag their car. <laughs> um, I'm afraid these uh, these types of wheelchairs aren't built for speed, so you're going to have to do the distracting and the running away. Well, couldn't we, like, fashion something to just kind of go off, like, say, in five, ten minutes, make our way down so that they rush into the house, and then we rush to the car? I could do that. Cool. Let's go down to the uh, to the front office and see what kinds of uh, things we can find. Okay. I mean, what, what kind of things are you looking for? I want to make something that will start making, um, that will start basically creating a, a violent chemical reaction, ideally emitting light and um, sound would be good, but that's less less important. I think it'd be cool to have a bunch of lights flickering inside. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at something real quick. Uh, go ahead and go ahead and read a bad situation looking for your best way out really. And if you if you get a good enough roll Man. to you know, if you get a good enough roll there, I will uh, let you find the things you're looking for. Well, it was a seven, so... Yeah, well, that's not a six or less, so... <laughs> it's not a six or less. I, I gotta take it, you know? Let's see. So that gives you, yeah, your hold one. So, um, yeah, you've got those those uh, those things. What are you doing while uh, Dr. Grace is acquiring the gear that she needs, LJ? LJ's pretty much display and look out... Um... Checking the position, checking to see if the halls are clear, um, if we have any windows towards the um, the parking lot with the uh, security car, um, you know, try and keep an eye on that and see where uh, the 
guards are. Mm -hmm. Read a bad situation. Okay. It's the roll of the night. Is this the new... This is the new act under pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Read a bad situation. It doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well as act act under pressure. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a nine. Oh, nice. Uh, So go ahead. And I would would allow Dr. Grace to help out, but um, she's busy doing other things. So unfortunately, you have to be stuck with a nine. So one, what is is the question you wish to ask? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? So as you're looking out into the darkness here, you think you see something down the hallway. I'm sorry, what room are you in? We're down on the main floor in the office now. Okay. Beyond the elevator, but the elevator is glass-walled, so you can kind of see through it. But over by the pool, you see movement, and that movement seems to come closer, and you get a feeling of that it's levitating that it's not touching the ground, that it's this form. And then as it moves around the side of the uh, elevator, you see that it's in the darkness. It's hard to tell, but you get flashes of it. You get just bits and pieces of of, uh, just incidental light flashing off of bits here and there. It's like a cloud almost of eyeballs floating in the air. And we go back to Haven Harrow. And her decision. Why? No! <laughs> Why? <laughs> this is the worst. Okay, go back to Haven Arrow. Okay. This is Ben's attention is killing me. Be not afraid. I'm here to tell you of a miracle. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So Haven has decided that uh, she's she's got a, a fair amount of of power here. So. Uh, she's going to play the long game a little bit because she really wants those notes. You've actually already seen um, Lazarus Kane's notes. I mean, quite a few of them. These ones? Yeah. You've looked over a lot of them back in the last time that you it's, guessed it oh, with us. Okay. I, oh, okay. I'm so, uh, then, hang on, then. Uh, uh, I, th- I thought these were like new notes that might, might give me the key to They do what? seem to be working with things that they've taken from the house, though from the house okay all right so i i say you know in order to avoid okay being taken back i decide to not play the long game <laughs> that uh that they've already got what i have and i don't need what they have so i say okay 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 wait let me try one more time i i think i i think i i i think i might be able to to do it this time it, it blipped a little bit but i want to i want to try again go ahead and manipulate someone again as the guards are coming toward you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ha. All right. Uh, that's charm. So twelve. Ooh. Well. Oh yeah. He he seems he's torn a little bit, but not too much because he very much wants to talk with the slurpy glue, the slurpy goo, <laughs> the gloopy slurp, <laughs> the slurpy that's in the it's in the Tupperware. <laughs> it's a drink. <laughs> And so he goes, all right, but one false move and, you know, no notes for you and we'll be taking you back to your cell. <laughs> okay, I'm barely able to keep my face under control. I, I fire it up again, this time being extra theatrical about it. Uh, you don't need to roll use magic. It's still, in, it's no? still operational. Okay. okay. Uh, and I just say I just type in the equivalent of now, 
tap, 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 tap. The paper scrolls out and it goes, well, that's awfully lovely of you to say now and all, but you know, I happen to be trapped in Tupperware. (laughs) 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 And... And also, Phil sees that over your shoulder. And Sassy Goo is my favorite character. Sassy Goo. I roll my eyes, and as I reach for the paper, I I bump the table with the Tupperware with my hip, and it crashes. No. (laughs) Is that bad? He says, still. And I waste no time and immediately sprint Act under for pressure the van. As you knock over the table. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? What do Plus I roll cool. with for that? Cool zero. No five. Oh no. Phil here played by Jesse. I trip on the, <laughs> on the empty Tupperware container. You do, in fact. You you try to bump the uh, table, but then you just go over with it. You like the you're in the midst of uh, Doctor Grace's machine, which is kind of shatters all over the floor. <laughs> Various pieces go flying everywhere, but then the Tupperware hits the floor right next to you, and the top bursts off of it, and goo just is everywhere, including all over you. At that at that point, <laughs> um, you are you know, covered in goo, uh, covered in parts of machinery and and such. The uh, guards are like coming toward you. Uh, they've got their um, stun rods or whatever those things are. Phil is still caught in slow motion, going no. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, goo um, rises up in the form of uh, Jacob Candle, and <laughs> yay, Jacob Candle, and says. In some Texas accent that I'll probably suck at. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, it's he, goo. He's the it's goo. Just yeah, he's, he's not really Jacob Candle. So he says, "This, this is how you yeah, can tell." This is how you can tell. <laughs> All right, partners. Now it's my turn to. <laughs> now it's my turn to whoop some ass. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> Amazing. The lights actually start flickering. Back at the house. <laughs> um, as quietly as possible, I rush back into Gracie and be like, whatever you've been doing, we've got to go now. There is some crazy eyeball ready. monster out here. We gotta I go, just we gotta to... go, we gotta go. What's... Eyeball monster? What are you talking about, LJ? Let's just I go. Just need to pour... And I grab her wheelchair more... and start pushing her. You have a partially completed device there. <laughs> I grab a couple of my supplies and I keep trying to build it in my lap as we're going. <laughs> and as soon as I'm out the office, I go the exact opposite direction of the floating eyeball monster. It's actually, there is no opposite direction of the floating eyeball monster by the time you, you wheel out into the uh, lobby. What? But uh, Dr. Grace, I need you to, and we're going to do something a little different. We're going to, we're switching up our characters a little bit here. Because I, uh, since the last time we played Monster of the Week, bought uh, the supplemental book, Tome of Mysteries. (laughs) And it gives you alternate weird moves, um, including the one that I believe is most uh, applicable for 
uh, Dr. Grace. And in fact, I think it may already be incorporated into her character in some way, but it's called Weird Science. Yes, that is in my character. And is it the one where, that reads, when you create or adapt a device to analyze or deal with strangeness, say what it will do and roll plus weird? No, mine says uh, you've mastered the art of combining arts of combining theoretical science and magic. When making a use magic move, you may replace one or more of the normal spell requirements set by the keeper with weird science requirements. Yes. Now, instead of use magic, uh, you get to use weird science. Okay. Um, so you will roll plus weird. Okay. You'll first say what you want the device to do, which you already have. Yes. Um, Create lots of light. Presumably, or uh, preferentially in a flickering, like alarmingly uh, flickering uh, fashion. And uh, so go ahead and roll um, plus weird. Plus weird. I don't get to roll plus weird very often anymore. It's a, uh, well, it's it's a six. <laughs> now, LJ, you can help out with this. Okay. If you want to give it a try uh, by like handing, you know, here, We've got to go, but take... And you're just, like, piling stuff onto her from things that she had laying around. You're going to spill it in the... I, like, grab a handful of wires and shove it at her. Will these help? And let's find out if they will. Roll help. (laughs) Roll help out. That's the thing. I always forget that help out is something you have to roll. Nice! So you get a plus one, uh, Dr. Grace. Which makes it a seven. Although a miss is actually kind of fun, too. So the way this works is, on a ten or more, you pick two requirements... Uh, on a seven to nine, you pick one requirement and the keeper picks a second one. On a miss, something goes horribly wrong. You're still able to create your device, but the picker, uh, the keeper picks three requirements. <laughs> but uh, as it is, you got into the seven to nine. So uh, you pick one requirement and I pick another. The options are it needs a rare and or weird material. It won't be very reliable. It requires huge amounts of power or fuel. It will take a long time to get it working. It won't work exactly as you intended. Or you'll need help beyond the hunters on your team to finish it. I think the one that stuck in my mind uh, just now, because I don't have those things in front of me, was that it doesn't work exactly how you intended. Because I intended this to be like a delayed release, like you set it and then go out the building. And it's like a, it's like a, not a timer specifically, but it's a, you know, it's going to take some some time for the reaction to start going off. So you can play with that. And I'm going to go with, it won't be very reliable. And so as you're wheeling through the door... You plug something into something else and, um, and you know, that something else is, I don't know, like a moon moss or something or whatever the heck it is that you <laughs> tend to use for that sort of thing. And um, it comes on and it's just this glaring, huge spotlight beam that, you know, illuminates every window in the lower level of the, uh, of the house. And in that, you see very clearly delineated, not hidden by shadows, uh, but this just this cloud ball thing of eyeballs staring oh at you. Oh my god, LJ, is that the thing you were talking about? And both of you need to roll plus weird. Both of us? Yes. That's my worst attribute. Oh, finally a good roll. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. Ten. Eleven. You feel like back in the back of your head, uh, in the back of your skull, your nightmares roiling around and wanting to come to the fourth uh, as you are looking deeply into these many multicolored eyes. But just then the um, light flickers off and you guys can't see anymore (laughs) (laughs) for a moment. And that's perhaps fortunate because you can't see the eyeball thing in front of you anymore. But you do hear 
people running up the front stairs and a key, perhaps, rattling in the lock as the security guards prepare to come inside. Jacob, uh, sorry, LJ, whatever your name is, <laughs> let's leave immediately. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was thinking about Jason, and I got mixed up with Jacob. You all have too many J's in your name. <laughs> um, sorry, now what did you say? Let's leave immediately, right now. I can't see the eyeball thing. I don't know where anything is. <laughs> and uh, you're pushing my wheelchair. Let's go. Okay, question. In what direction was the eyeball thing in relation to us, to the door, to... There is the office, and then there's the area uh, right behind the reception desk, and then there is the space for people to stand and sign in and stuff on the other side of the reception desk. Then there is a potted plant, and in front of the potted plant was the eyeball thing. Not the potted so plant. So we got to go around it to get out the front doors. Yeah, you can go to the right or left. The right goes to the front doors. There are people running, about to run in through those doors, although they do sound like they had been locked, although they are not now. Or you can go to the left, which takes you to the back lot of the place. Uh, left? Go to the back, I, go to the back, I go to the back. spin her around and start running that direction. Uh, do you want to read a bad situation? Sure. Why not? That's been one of mm -hmm. my roles I get experience on this this game so far. <laughs> uh, eight. No, sorry, seven. That is hold one. I recommend what is the best way out, but you can ask anything you would like. Yep, what is the best way out? Your vision is coming back. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, you're not sure. You glance to the right. The, the, door, the front doors are starting to open. You go, we've got to go to the left. And you glance to the left and you see that back door, which is down some stairs, because that's not the handicap accessible route. <laughs> but also you see that there is a chain um, across the inner door handles of that door. And it looks like there might be a padlock on that. Well, damn it. Mm -hmm. So of your choices at the moment, your best way out is the uh, front door. I'd say, that too, that the eyeball thing is turning its eyes toward the uh, front door as things come through, but it's got eyeballs everywhere, so. <laughs> <laughs> in the back of its head, as it were. Let's hide in a, a closet or somewhere and wait for them to come in. Let them deal with the eyeball thing. Uh, go out past them once they've come inside the building. They come in. It didn't take them long to oh. get through the door. They come in. Or not. And uh, two flashlight beams are shining around, and one of them rolls across you guys and sees you, and, and he comes back to you. But the other one... The flashlight stops on the eyeball thing, and then you hear a scream. Um, if that's your plan, is that your plan is to, like, make a run for it? Yes. Go ahead and roll, uh, since you're driving, uh, LJ, roll Act Under Pressure. Okay. Act Under Pressure. Seven. All right. I'll give you some choices. Oh, boy. I'm so ready for choices again. Complication of angels. <laughs> you, you can um, wheel the wheelchair and, and uh, get b past these guys, but you're not going to be able to avoid um, looking at the eyeball creature again while you do it. And you're going to have to try to succeed against your own nightmares again. And uh, so there's that option. You will get past them, uh, but... Uh, you will lose control of Dr. Grace's chair, and she will go clattering down the mm. um, the stairs outside the door. Or you will get past them, uh, but the, one of them uh, is going to get a shot off 
with uh, a weapon. I will take my chances with the, them getting a shot off. Get past them with them getting a shot off. You just wheel, you close your eyes and you just wheel as fast as you can. And uh, you hear one of them screaming and not about you uh, while the other one yells, what's going? Stop, wait. And you hear bang and something hot grazes along uh, your cheek and you take one harm and you fall for a moment and are kind of dragged along for uh, just a little bit by the wheelchair, but then you go on clattering down the stairs, keeping control of it, more or less. You, you, you LJ, have like one hand on the wheelchair, and then you're grabbing a hold of the, uh, the railing with the other, and it's sort of a half-controlled descent. And then you're out into the parking lot, and luck appears to be with you, if you want it. The door of the security car is open, and it, the lights are on. It still seems to be turned on. Yeah, uh, as as you hear I screams can. behind you. Yeah, and I don't care about those screams. I'm more about getting Gracie and me safe. So two poor security guards. It's the Scooby game all over again. <laughs> seeing people in danger and go, man. <laughs> Listen, you indicated that Sharknadas were something perfectly normal that happened in <laughs> post-apocalyptic Portland. Um, but yeah, uh, they seem to be intent on, upon harm on us. So I'm as much getting away from them as the crazy eye monster wheel over and try and load Gracie in as quickly as possible. Don't really care about the wheelchair at that point. Um, just make sure Gracie grabs all her stuff and I grab my ax and jump around to the other side. Like okay. do one of those like power slides across the hood and everything nice. because that's so LJ. Yeah. <laughs> and you go and, and wheeling away you go and in the rear view mirror, you see uh, one of the security guards stagger out of the door, his whole face melting, it seems like, uh. as you peel out of the uh, drive of the house and on to 63, that road that you, LJ, know so well. I've driven it a few times, man. <laughs> Can I actually have, have snagged the wheelchair and just, like, stuck it in the footwell in front of me, like, awkwardly on top of me? You can roll Act Under Pressure. Okay. Um, roll seven to nine. Plus. Roll seven to nine. I've got some good ones. That's plus cool. It's a nine. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. All right. You were able to grab the wheelchair, but only as sort of an afterthought. So your arm is actually hanging out the window and you've got the wheelchair <laughs> half folded, still hanging partway out the window. Or um, you managed to get the wheelchair in, but it's like not collapsed yet. It's all like in the front seats with you and you guys are going to be swerving across the road, perhaps drawing attention to yourself. Or you got the wheelchair, uh, but the, uh, the, you, you're not able to get the door closed and uh, you are going to slip out partway. Uh, and before you can get back in, wrench your arm as you're like half skating along the road, holding onto the wheelchair. <laughs> um, I'd rather, I think, be um, the first one, the kind of holding it awkwardly out the window. So you got it awkwardly out the window. Okay. Yeah. Great. Back to Haven Harrow. <laughs> um, Haven, uh, you yep. are um, needing to do something. What is your plan? Uh, I want. I still want to try and scramble up and get to the van. Okay. Uh, act under pressure. That's cool. Eight. Eight. 
Eight. Excellent. Some choices are available to you. Uh, you are going to be able to, of course, get to the van. This is a success. So in all of these, you get to the van. In one of these uh, scenarios, you get to the van and you leap inside. And are you wanting to just activate the security systems and get a fireworks display, essentially? Or are you wanting to, um, like, use it to flee? You can see now that, like, almost right in front of it is a wall, air quotes, of sheets that appear to cover a wider tunnel going out of perhaps this place or both. I mean, eventually I'm going to want to flee, but I need a few things first. You can get into the, the vehicle and you start pushing buttons, but uh, and the security systems will go off, but it also locks down the van. Like the doors will lock solidly and you won't be able to get out of it at that point. Um, until you figure it out, or let anyone into it, or let it, anyone presumably. into it, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, this okay. uh, in this one um, that happens, and the goo is outside of the van. Uh, in another one, you. I thought I was wearing goo. You're wearing some goo, but now most of it got slurped away to become Jacob Candle yeah, figure. It's, it's goo. I mean, uh, how much do I need? <laughs> <laughs> or. You uh, you get into the van and you start hitting buttons and you set off the security uh, system, um, but that security system also has it home in on Dr. Grace. And uh, so um, without your volition, the car will just go. Or three, um, you get in, you manage to hit all the buttons, things go crazy, but the van essentially falls apart. <laughs> no! <laughs> like the wall, the uh, the whole thing will just sort of collapse like a into it as a yeah, <laughs> as a as a, uh, a scorched earth policy of of the van. <laughs> I'll take what's behind door number two. Please. Door number two. Oh, I wanted to go anyway. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you leap in, and the the uh, goo the the. Humanoid-looking goo is right behind you and uh, comes in the door right after you and goes, Why, darling, I don't expect you wanted to leave me behind none, did you? <laughs> in, oh, good. I'm so glad you made it, goo. <laughs> and uh, then, then, like, rockets are firing off from the, um, from the van. There's all this sound going. The ice cream man sound starts playing. Um, indicating that ice cream is to be had soon. <laughs> Dr. Grace's van has ice cream truck music. That's awesome. Listen. It's got to be one of the buttons. The doors lock and the van starts heading up the tunnel without your um, telling it to do so. And uh, the <laughs> dashboard actually flips over and a radar uh, appears on it. And there's a beeping ping um, not near you because you have a different ping. Right. Oh, what I need to see if I can do is reset it to find my associates. But that's probably not possible. As these two vehicles are headed off into the night in various directions, we will see what <sighs> happens next time on the Gothic Podcast. <laughs> oh, Boise. <laughs> we go back to uh, Elk Island. Jason and Gigi 
you regain consciousness, uh, you're being dragged along by two of the rabbit-headed people. And there are a couple of others uh, around you. Gigi, uh, you think you might have just passed out because of the uh, wound you'd already taken, but um, Jason... I gotta remember everybody's names too. But Jason, you uh, you feel a new line of blood across your face, like right across your cheek, and and even the ear feels a little loose. And so it it feels like you probably took a pretty uh, glancing hit, at least from one of those arrows, and uh, may have passed out from that. But these guys are uh, pulling you away from the cabin and into the woods. Jason, you stayed out here for several days, and you know that there's a clearing out there with some weird, like, natural rock formations, and there's some torchlight coming from that uh, space over there. You, you both are kind of woozy and, and not quite able to figure out what's going on, but uh, given that, uh, what would you like to do? And then I'll tell you if you can. Um, yeah, mostly I'd be like, what what are you doing? What do you want with us? They want to kill us, cuz. Shut up, says one of the rabbit-headed things. Read a bad situation. Uh, whichever one of you wishes to do it. Who wait would, a minute, who wait like a minute. Honor? Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's a different game now. We've changed into a different oh, game system. Damn it. You're right. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Um, roll. Persuade, dissuade. Um, Identify? Yeah, roll. Uh, I've read a bad situation. So good for this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, just roll investigate or the, what the hell is that first? Just identify. One? Identify. <laughs> roll identify. Whichever one of you wishes to do so. I need my D10s. Who has the better identify? I've got four. Unless I've got I can three. finagle Snoop into it somehow, but I don't think that'll work. Okay, here goes. I'm using D10s and not D6s. Um, 17 total. Okay, nice. So, uh, Gigi, you notice that those lights, there are those torch lights, but there's also another weird light coming from kind of that direction. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell because it may be coming from over, the road may curve around, may be coming from the road. Uh, it's uh, blue and red flashing lights, it appears. And uh, you realize that there are cop cars coming up the main road. And the rabbit-headed guys notice this at the same time, and, and one of them goes, oh, what, do we, what do we do? What do we do? And the other one panics a little bit and goes, run, run, man, run. And they just drop both of you. I start screaming as loud as I can. We're up here! We're up here! Help us! And I, I would, as I regain my, you know, balance and stance, uh, try to help Gigi up. Allison, Skeen, are either of them near? Yes, they're they're nearby. The, they were also being dragged toward the clearing. You're not sure what state they are in. Uh, Gigi, get the cops. I'll see what I can do for Skeen and Allison. Gigi, roll escape for me. Okay. you're trying to draw the attention of escape the right people. Of the right people. It's, I can do math. Um, 18. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you were the one who just rolled. <laughs> yes. Oh, we have to so, go back to the that's tracker. Yeah. It's so weird to roll an 18 after like seven <laughs> was a good roll. Go ahead and roll escape for me, uh, uh, Jason. Uh, what is my escape? Oh, my escape's okay. 16. Okay. Nice. Great. Nice. 
Interestingly, it's, you know, uh, Jason's role that gets Gigi's yell heard. But but at the same time uh, that Gigi is yelling, uh, you do notice, uh, Jason, that Allison and Skeen are are moving slightly. They're not apparently conscious, but they are moving. So they are not dead. (sighs) At about that moment, there's a, you know, that last little bleep of... um, (laughs) <laughs> of uh, the the siren as the these three police cars pull into the driveway of the cabin and uh, although two of them show sheriff's department on them the other one is a uh, darker color still has the sheriff's star on it but says sheriff uh, uh, right by the door and uh, the deputies uh, one of whom you've already uh, seen get out but then the um, sheriff um, steps out as well of his car and he stands up and he looks around so he's got um i mean he's not dressed like the others he's got uh he's got these cowboy boots on and he's got uh these you know dark slacks and and he's got this shirt this hat partly unbuttoned and he's got the big hat there's a cool like minor key guitar chord as he comes <laughs> out of the car <laughs> and you have seen him in the distance before but uh, this is the first time you will have actually have met the sheriff and he says what the hell's going on up in here? And I fucked my shotgun. Yes! <laughs> 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 oh, welcome back. Oh. oh, man. It hasn't been the same without you, man. The Gothic Podcast is an actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel. Starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, Nathan Addison, and Richard Southard. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland, with cover artwork by Jared George Art. Season 2 of the Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Monster of the Week RPG by Michael Sands and the Dead of Night RPG by Steam Power Publishing. Look us up by name on all the social medias or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for the Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please rate, review, and share, and check out our Patreon page, too. Thanks! Thanks!